Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey guys, how's it going? This is Christy Saul, the co-founder of the Post Institute, coming at you live tonight. Uh, sorry, I'm a few minutes late, and I hope that this actually um, is recording and is on live because I have um, somebody here working on our internet. Whew, it's been a, an amazing uh, and productive and interesting day. Um, I'll tell you guys about that here in just a minute, but first I want to plug these two books, of course, Brian's books, From Fear to Love and The Great Behavior Breakdown. Both of these books are incredible. Uh, we have this one in particular on promotion, feartolovebook.com, and this you can find on our website, postinstitute.com. Um, I'm going to tell you just a little bit about my day, um, because, um, those of you who follow our page know that I've been home most of the time, um, for the last few months, um, running our business and taking care of Marley. Today, um, I got gifted um, a visit to a um, wellness clinic and um, I got to hang out with one of our followers, Ashley D, Ashley Delaporte, um, who I have known through this for years, but we've never ever met. And so honestly, I wish that we would have had another 10 hours together. <laughs> it was just really awesome. You know, it's so awesome to be able to meet followers, to be able to meet parents and just hear your stories and um, love on each other. You know, I felt very loved by her and I hope that she felt very loved by me as well. So um, I just wanted to share that little bit and uh, give a big appreciation. So my topic today has to do with nothing in these books, but it's everything in the foundation that's not really spoken. The blame game. And what what really prompted this, um, I had a phone conversation with um, a social work person, teacher. She's doing trainings, trauma-informed based trainings for lots of different people. And she has one group in particular for um, families who are involved in the child welfare system, who are either working to bring their children back home or to keep their children at home. And she said it, she finds it to be a challenging process. And what I realized as soon as she said that, my heart just immediately connected and encourage, wanted to encourage, I wanted to just really encourage to see the beauty in those people being there. Because when you start teaching about trauma and you're talking to someone who has inflicted trauma, um, that's a beautiful thing and a sensitive thing and yet um, a magical thing. Because we get really comfortable in the arena of adoption and even in foster care, we get really comfortable blaming, blaming the past, blaming where they come from. And it's not helpful. It may be helpful to you. It may help you relieve uh, some sense of responsibility or some sense of burden, but it's not helpful for your children it's just not, it's not helpful to have the energy of um, a lack of empathy or blame to origins. 
that is for them to make that decision about, not us. Um, and I know we talk about pre-birth and early life trauma. We talk about the fact that you know these the challenges that our children have originate often from those traumatic experiences. Um, that when we're in the role of adoption and fostering, in a way we are entering into a world that we may not know very much about, um, a lifestyle that we may not know much about, a lifestyle that we may be quick to judge. We don't know, we don't know what people have walked through. We don't know that it may just be a sheer miracle that they're even alive out of whatever trauma they may have experienced. So when I think about trauma-informed care, I start thinking global. I start thinking community. I start thinking, when I think about generations, I think about multiple generations, not just the most recent generation. Um, so we have to really expand our heart and embrace this concept of people doing the best they can with where they're at and what they've got and helping folks grow um, in whatever way, not in the way that we think that they should grow, but in whatever way love indicates. So the blame game, you know, we can just get really comfortable pointing our fingers at everybody else. Um, and that, but I just don't want us to get comfortable in that. I just don't. It's not healthy. It's not helpful. Um, and when people feel blamed, then what they want to do is they want to then blame somebody else and blame somebody else and blame somebody else and blame somebody else. We've got into this place sort of in our society where we've become so blame-oriented and litigious that nobody wants to just step up and say, I take responsibility for what I've done. And so when, are, when is anybody ever going to learn that? How, are, how is responsibility going to be taught if everything in us is always focused on what somebody else did? So, um, the position of the heart that I find to be most helpful is one of empathy and understanding and compassion. Now, that doesn't always mean agreement. That's not saying I agree. It's not saying that I condone. Uh, it just means that I understand. I understand that um, child abuse comes from a place of emotional immaturity. Child abuse comes from a place of people living in survival. Um, child abuse usually comes from a place where abuse or neglect, emotional presence wasn't available generation after generation after generation after generation. I think about, we have our genetics, we have our womb experience, we have our zero to five. How we get created is sort of simple and yet very, very complex. And um, I don't think anybody wakes up and says, I'm going to be a child abuser today. And the more we focus on blame, then the more invitation there is for hiding. So I, my heart is really big for that woman and anybody else who is offering trauma-informed care classes to people who have been abusers. Lynn says, I think it means I love you and I'm here to support you. Wow, thank you. Lynn, thank you for those words. 
it means I love you and I'm here to support you. Learning how to be, how to love, even when we don't agree, is so powerful. It's so powerful and so needed. Um, you know, I do my Sunday uh, straight out of church, and it's really hard not to get a little um, spiritual uh, when we start thinking about along these lines. Um, that it's not we we get in these stances of judgment, and it is uh, that is human. And to bypass that and to grow beyond that, there's still that measure of judgment of something being right or wrong or dangerous or not dangerous or hurtful or not hurtful. I think that it's really hard for us not to have that. But we can judge something as being hurtful and love. The reality is that your children are going to grow up and they have their blueprints. And just as someone had said a couple of days back that their 33-year-old is struggling in their role of parenting out of the trauma that they experienced. And so, you know, you may be judging a family of origin and then your child may duplicate some of those same behaviors in their adult life. And when they know because of critical statements that you've made, blaming statements that have come out of your mouth, they know that that is your heart, then they can't bring their hurt, their pain, their wounds, their struggles to you. And we really need that to happen. We really need our kids, regardless of their age, to be able to bring their struggles to us so that we can walk it out with them. So that hopefully maybe we can keep a family together so that hopefully a family, these children don't have to go into foster care. And I, I know that's not all preventable. And, and I realize that. But there's something really beautiful when someone at one point in life thought that they were going to have to walk life alone. And now you're here and you're not going to give up. And you're going to keep walking life with them. And it can be really messy. It's not about walking life with them only if they do what it is we think they should do. And it's not about trying to control everything out of our own fear. It doesn't mean nothing bad's going to happen. It just means that we love. So, I think that's it for tonight. That's a lot to just let percolate. If you can just let that percolate in your in your mind body system let that percolate in your soul you know um people say um love isn't enough but i think that's because we've lost sight of what love is um and how and the duration and the power of just planting seeds and letting time let them grow so um i hope that you can enjoy your family tonight i hope that you can have grace in your heart for the messiness of humanity. I hope that you can spend some time laughing, playing, belly blowing, maybe relaxing, snuggling in bed tonight, reading them a story, plop down and watch them play their games, whatever it is that your family's doing to just find those places of just heart connection, not about what words are coming out of your mouth. When your heart gets in that position, then you don't have to focus on your words because your heart, your heart's going to be your guide. 
So I think that's it. Remember what Brian tells us in any moment, we have two choices. We can follow, we can follow what the world does and the world blames everybody. And we can follow that. We can act of our same blueprints of stress and fear and overwhelm. Or we can take one to two to three deep breaths, maybe walk out of the room, pretending like you need to go to the bathroom and get a Kleenex if you need to gather yourself. Take some deep breaths and remember that you are loved. And through love, you can choose love. Much love to you guys. I hope you have a blessed night and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you so much.